Welcome to the Turning Points Podcast with Dr. Samuel Jones. This podcast was created and designed to highlight tools and strategies to help you succeed in work and life by creating turning points to enhance your aim. On the Turning Points Podcast, we go deep to heighten your awareness, awareness. enhance your imagination, imagination, and develop strategies to attack your mission. mission. And now, here's your host, Dr. Samuel Jones. Well, welcome to the Turning Points Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Samuel Jones. I am so excited to have you on this podcast. I'm excited to share some information with you. Uh, this podcast is all about helping you to discover a deeper purpose, enhance your performance, but the most important thing, ships. And just so you know that uh, I'm a motivational speaker, I'm an author, I'm a minister, but the most important thing that I am, I'm a husband of almost 20 years to a beautiful woman named Sarah Jones. And I'm so excited to be on this podcast with you, just sharing some information that have definitely made a big difference in my life. Now, if you recognize this podcast is called Turning Points, and Turning Points is all about helping you to create those things in your life that can help you overcome adversity, uh, enhance your performance, and most important of all, just develop uh, the mindset that you need in order to be and become and do all the things in this thing called life that you need to do. My favorite Bible verses, it says, without a vision, people perish. And I like to take it a step further. With a vision, people flourish. And the whole point of this podcast is really to help you focus on your aim. Because in times of turning points, you have to have a specific aim. So I'm working on my fourth book, and the fourth book is called Turning Points, How Common Moments Can Have Amazingly Uncommon Significance. Once that I've had in my life, I've had the aim in my life. And the aim stands for awareness, imagination, and a mission. Because we have to focus on our awareness. We have to focus on using our imagination the right way. And the most important thing is we have to learn how to focus on a mission because we're at our best when we're working on a goal. We're at our best when we have a target. We're at our best when we have something that we're trying to accomplish. And so the aim of this podcast is really to help you create those moments in your life that it seems like is very insignificant. But when you focus on your aim, it's going to help you create that turning point that you need in order to be successful overcome adversity, and be the best person that you can possibly be. So just a little bit of background about myself. So again, I'm a motivational speaker. Uh, I'm an author. I'm a husband. Um, and I'm based in Mississippi. I live near, I live in Ellisville, Mississippi. It's about 10 minutes from Hattiesburg. It's South Mississippi. I grew up in the Mississippi Delta. And if you know anything about Mississippi, and know anything about the Mississippi Delta. The Mississippi Delta is a rich place of history. It's a rich place of great food. It's a rich place of great music. Um, but just looking at my life, it's a rich place of just memories of people in my life that encouraged me and challenged me in a direction in order for me to be who I am today. And one of those people was my grandmother. I do my leadership training and my talks and everything that I do and uh, I always make sure that I talk about and discuss and to share the principles that my grandmother shared with me. Uh, my grandmother, she drove a school bus for 30 years. 
And I watched her every single day on the school bus teach me leadership lessons about life and how to be a servant and how to look out for people and how to be the best person that you can be. But one of the biggest things that she taught me is to always have faith in God in something that you can't see. You see, my grandmother, she, she had so much wisdom. And she trained me and taught me how to be the best person that I can be. But the most important thing that she trained me is how to have a vision for my life and not to just have that vision, but to be sure that everything that I'm doing is pointing me in the direction of the vision. And to be honest with you, that's where this podcast came from. You see, I'm a motivational speaker and I've been to America. And the last three states that I've been spoken, that I spoke in, and the last three states that I spoke in, you know, when I came off the stage and I was signing books, uh, three people in, in, three, in three different states approached me and they asked me about a podcast. They asked me, did I have a podcast? And if I don't, when am I to start a podcast? <clears throat> so for me, I had to recognize the vision that God was putting on other people's heart to let me see that my voice needs to be heard. And I'm so thankful for those people who encouraged me and challenged me to step out and to, and to charge just sharing the principles that I've learned in order to help more people because at the end of the day, that's truly, truly. So this is just an introductory podcast that I want to share with you. And, and so what I want to do with you, I want to share with you three important stories in my life that helped create a turning point in my life because I didn't always have the PhD. I wasn't always an author. I wasn't always a speaker. As a matter of fact, I had a stuttering problem and I didn't think that I could be a motivational speaker. I didn't think that I could be a public speaker, but it's incidents and things that happened in my life that nudged me and encouraged me to, to take a leap of faith and just to try something totally different. So as I said before, I grew up in the heart of the Mississippi Delta. I played basketball at the University of Southern Mississippi for four years. And when I graduated, I went overseas. I went to Finland and I played professional basketball in Finland. And I eventually came back from Finland and came back to America and stayed in Hattiesburg for another year. And I was contemplating whether or not I was going to go back to play basketball. But eventually, I was not able to go back. And so I started working in a factory and I started uh, eventually working as the assistant basketball coach at Jones County Junior College, which the college is now called Jones College. And I eventually became the assistant dean and eventually the dean and eventually the VP for student affairs. And so now I'm the corporate trainer for leadership development at the college. And I'm just so excited because that whole journey of my life is so many things that have happened. So let me just share with you three stories in my life that have been critical turning points for me from some wisdom from it because at the end of the day that's totally totally what it's all about so at the end of the day that's truly what it's all about because I want my stories for you to help you heighten your awareness number two I want my stories to help you use your imagination in your own life and number three I want my stories to help you focus on a mission and pursue that with everything that you have so the first story that I want to talk with you about is about having the wrong goal or scoring the wrong goal. So my sophomore year in, at the University of Southern Mississippi, as I said earlier, I was a, a basketball player. 
And I was so excited to be on the court because I was starting. I was so excited because I had number 23, Michael Jordan. I was so excited because I had black Nikes on. I was so excited because I had a bald head. And I was emulating one of my greatest uh, role models and idols that I looked up to because Michael Jordan, to me, was he was the man. You know, most people looking at LeBron and and, and Kobe and, and KD and Stephon Curry and all of these guys, and I can respect that. But for me, when I played, MJ was the man. I wanted to do everything like MJ. I wanted to look like MJ. MJ. I wanted to be 6'6 like MJ. But unfortunately, all of those things didn't happen. But one thing that did happen that really heightened my awareness is my sophomore year, we're playing this exhibition team from Europe. And you know how these travel teams from Europe, they come over to America and they play all of these college teams to kind of get the, get the basketball season uh, tipped off and everything. And so I'm so excited because I'm starting and we go out on the court and we all line up. And the referee throws the ball up like he normally does. And my teammate tipped me the basketball. And like normally because we all tipped me the ball and I took the ball and I went behind my back between my legs and I can vividly see myself right now still soaring in the air like Michael Jordan with my tongue out, dunked the basketball with two hands, and when I landed on the floor, I was so pumped. I was so excited, and the crowd was stunned, and my teammates were stunned, and I think everybody on the court, when it happened, it was not funny, and it was definitely not amazing. You see, I dunked in the wrong goal, and we didn't realize it until the following day that we lined up, both teams lined up on the wrong side of the court, and we were going in the wrong direction. But you know what? I took full responsibility for that incident because I was the one who had the basketball. I was the one who dribbled it, and I was the one who actually took it and skipped. So you're talking about an 18, 19-year-old kid in college in front of 10,000 students make the biggest mistake in his life. Don't you know my awareness was heightened? Yes, it was. And so I want to share with you from that story is my imagination the wrong way. So how did I begin to use my imagination the wrong way? I began to have self-doubt. I began to have these thoughts about quitting school. I began to have these thoughts about, you know what, maybe I'm not cut out to be a college basketball player. All of these thoughts was in my mind because I was using my imagination the wrong way. But there was a turning point in my life because during that time, I had to begin to start using my imagination the right way. And what did I do? I started thinking about my grandmother, and I started thinking about uh, the struggles and the challenges and the adversity that, that she had as she raised me and my family. I began to think about the struggles that, that how some things that she did not have, and she never allowed a mistake and I began to remember and think about all these things that she taught me. And so I had to use my own mind to overcome the, the, the bitter and negative imagination, imaginational thoughts that I was using. And so if you're going to have turning points in your life, whenever something happens in your life and it heightens your awareness, that's a time for you to be sure and understand that you have to use your mind and use your imagination to encourage you to stay on course, to encourage you to stay on track, to allowing that one mistake to set the course for the rest of my life. 
And so what I began to do from that point is I began to continually think the, the struggle and the challenges of my grandmother and how she would be disappointed in me by quitting just because I made a mistake. And so from that day forward, I made it a pack and I made it my business to Sam, don't let this, don't let this incident, this one incident. And I had to constantly say to myself every single day, do not allow this one incident to define you for the rest of your life. And that's what I had to constantly say to myself every single day. And the reason why I had to say that every single day is because I was walking on campus and everyone was looking at me and everyone was laughing at me and everyone was pointing their finger at me and they were saying, that's that guy right there that dunked in the wrong goal at the game the other day. Yes, I heard their stories. Yes, I heard their words. But I realized that my voice on the inside had to be louder than the voice of the people outside of me. And so I had to constantly use my imagination and use the positive words and use that as inspiration. And so what I began to do is make that a mission. To I made that a part of my life to say, you know what, Sam? Do, ever, do not ever let anyone. So I began to make that a mission, a part of my life, to never, ever allow a mistake to define you for the rest of your life. And that's one of the nuggets that I want to share with you today is, yes, you have made some mistakes. Yes, you have... Uh, you have disappointed some people. Yes, you didn't fulfill everything that you said that you would do. But don't you ever go through life and allow one mistake to define you for the rest of your life. It's only a mistake. It's only a lesson. And that's what I walked away from that incident with is because I recognized it was only just a mistake. But I had to use my imagination to empower myself to stay focused on a mission. And I want to encourage you to do the same thing. So the second thing I want to encourage you on is, for me, is, is a story about finding the urge to refuse to do something different, right? Fight the urge to do something different because human nature is we don't like something different. We would like to be comfortable. Uh, we don't like change. And that's okay. But again, you have to be aware. So I'll never forget when I came back from Finland and I was hoping from playing professional basketball, I was hoping to go back to play professional basketball. And so when I found myself working at this factory in Hattiesburg, I realized that, Sam, it looks like you're probably not going back overseas, so you're going to have to find you a job. And so I found myself working in this factory, and I was working 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I was actually sitting spot. I was actually working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and I'm standing in one spot all day long just doing this one simple task at a factory. And I recognize that I was not cut out for this. But I am so thankful that God allowed me to be in this predicament to hide my awareness so that I can understand that there's a lot of things that I believe about my spirituality that I was not living. And, and working in this factory is one of those incidents that really hide my awareness. And so one day I'm, I'm standing in there working and it's like this internal voice spoke to me. And it, I believe it was God speaking to me. And he said, he, had, he whispered this question to me. He said, look around this room and tell me what do you see? And as I'm standing there working, I began to look around the room. And sometimes we can have such a childish answer, right? And so for me, the answer was, I said, duh, it looks like everyone is working. That's what I see. And so I go on another 30 to 45 seconds 
And it's like that internal voice came back to me one more time and said, no, I need you to look again. And so this time, I didn't just look around the room to see people working. I began to look around the room and use my imagination to look beyond the surface, to look a little bit deeper. And what did I see? I recognized in that moment that I was the only person in that factory that had a college degree. You know, sometimes we have to look around in our to look just a little bit deeper to see what our internal voice is speaking to us, because I truly believe it was the voice of God speaking to me and getting me to be aware that I needed to be humble, that life is not all about me and that I had some gifts, skills and talent that I was not using because I was being selfish, chasing of things that I want to do, but I wasn't chasing dreams of something to help other people. You see, it would have been me okay for me to play my professional basketball career, and it would have been okay for me to do that. But I recognized that was not my purpose. That was not my gift. That was just an avenue to get me to exactly where I was. So I want to encourage you, wherever you are right now, don't see that as the end of the road. Just because you feel like you're not doing purposeful work, that you can't get there. Don't look at it like that. I want you to be encouraged to just begin to use your imagination and your awareness and look around. And can you see something? Can you see a deeper service that you can be providing for the organization that you're working for? Do you have some, some ideas about product development or product enhancement that you would love to take to your supervisors? Right? Because... Because there's something internal, internal, there is something in you that tells you that there is more in you for you to give and for you to serve. So I want to encourage you to don't put that on the back burner. So what I eventually did is that, you know what, Sam, it's time for you to have a humble spirit and it's time for you to really truly seek why are you here? And that's the question that I had to ask myself in my imagination, right? I began to ask myself, Sam, why are you here? Why are you here? Why do you, what, what do you love so much? And I, and I began to just ask myself because I was using my imagination. And I began to just search myself. And one of the questions, one of the answers came back to me is, Sam, you love to help people. You love to serve people because that came from your grandmother. Your grandmother taught you how to do that. And as, I, as all of these answers are coming back to me in this factory, Right. I don't know how to do the things that I said now that I want to do. I want to help people. I want to serve people. I don't know how to do that. But the point is, I didn't need to know how to eventually do it. I just need to have that answer of why I need to do what I need to do. And so what eventually happened from there, one of my former assistant basketball coaches at the University of Southern Mississippi, he became the head coach at Jones County Junior College, now Jones College. And he heard that I was still in town from traveling overseas playing professional basketball, and he reached out to me. And he called me and left me a message on my answer machine. For all of you young listeners out there, they, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have a voicemail. We had an answering machine. And I had an answering machine in my, in my apartment, and he, he, he called and left a message. And when I got back from work, I listened to that message. And he said, hey, Sam, this is Coach Mack. I hear you're still in town. Uh, look, sounds like you're doing some great things. I just want you to know that I became the head coach at Jones County Junior College. I would love for you to come and have lunch with me. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Bye.
when that message played and after I hear, heard it, after I heard that message, I realized that he wanted me to be his assistant basketball coach. So what did I do? I called him up. I came and had lunch with him. And by the end of the lunch meeting, he offered me a job to become his assistant basketball coach. And he gave me one lesson. He said, he said Sam, <clears throat> when you get a job offer in the same day in the same office, don't ever accept it. Go home and think about it. And I said, okay, not a problem at all. So I went back to my apartment. I thought about it, and I got a piece of paper, and I drew a line straight down the middle. And on one side, I wrote, I'm working at this factory. On the right side, I wrote, currently had. Yes, I was making more money. Yes, I had an apartment. Yes, I had bills. Yes, I was making enough money to take things. And on the right side of that paper, I wrote down all of the assets and all of the negatives of being an assistant basketball coach. Now, looking at that now, I was not making a lot of money, but I did have an apartment. I had meals that would be covered. So on the flip side, the money was not even close to what I was making. Now I had an actual opportunity to go and serve and help people do something that I love to do. I love playing basketball. I love sharing the techniques and things that I had learned at being a player. I love to see people get in a, get in, get in a competitive uh, event and overcome adversity and challenge. I love helping people do that. So what did I do? I took less money to become an assistant basketball coach. And during that time as the assistant basketball coach, I realized that I still had a greater urge to keep being a better person as a professional. But what happened? I began to start doing things, and this is, this is where I was talking about fighting the urge to pursue something different. You see, because when I finished my bachelor's degree as a basketball player and going overseas, I had made a promise to myself, and I said, I am never, ever going back to school. <laughs> That's what I said. And so now I found myself as an assistant basketball coach and wanting to grow as a professional and realizing that maybe the only way that I'll be promoted is if I prove to other people that I can go back and get a master's degree to show that, that I want to learn, I want to improve, I want to keep growing as a person, I want to keep getting better. And so what did I do? After two years coaching, being an assistant basketball coach, I went back to school to the University of Southern Mississippi, and I received my master's degree in public relations. I said, I am never, ever going back. This amazing thing happened. I transitioned from assistant basketball coach to the assistant dean. <laughs> and it's funny now because even when I said I'm never going back to school, when I became the assistant dean of student affairs, being in the student affairs industry, it forced me to keep growing. It forced me to keep learning. And that itch, I say, you know what, Sam? Maybe the only is if you go back so what did I do? Once again, I went back and started doing something that I said that I never would do. So in the fall of 2000, I think it was in the fall of 2000. No, in the fall of 2000, I can't remember. So from that point forward, I went back to school and started enrolled in the doctoral program at Mississippi State University, working on my Ph.D., and the amazing thing happened is when I, I was actually promoted to the dean of students. 
And what a moment in my life because all of the things that I said that I would never do, those things and opportunities allowed me to, to heighten my awareness to recognize that, Sam, if you want to, to do better, if you want to keep growing, you keep having to have the urge to keep improving yourself. And in every degree that I received from that point, point, point forward, it only just proved to me that, Sam, you need to keep growing to be better in order to help more people. And so I want to encourage you. So if someone is out there fighting that urge to be different or do something that you said you never, never do, I want to encourage you and I want this podcast to be a reminder to heighten your awareness, to let you know that the things that you want to do, sometimes you don't want to do, but there's things that you need to do in order to think, do the things you want to do. So I want, I want this podcast to be an awakening for your awareness, to remind you that you have great gifts. I want this podcast to be a reminder for you, to let you know that you have great gifts, skills, and talents. But you're going to have to be very, very uncomfortable in order to be the best that you can be in order to use those things to serve the people that you need to serve. Number two, I want that story and I want this podcast to help you use your imagination. How can you keep improving? How can you keep growing? How can you keep getting better? Right? And then the last thing I want this podcast and this story to remind you is that I want to encourage you to get on a mission. For me now, the mission is lifelong learning to be the best that I can be to constantly grow in order to support and serve the people that I need to support and serve. And as you do that, you will continually get better. And the last story I want to share with you, it just reminds me that after I went through all of that, I became a motivational speaker. I began to write books and I began to do training and so many fulfilling things that I've been doing now since I've been on this journey of, of having great awareness and using my imagination and constantly focusing on a mission. So I'll never forget, I was doing about a four-hour leadership and I'm in this training session, and I noticed there's one guy who is sitting in the back. He looked like he did not want to participate. He had his arms folded. He would not smile. He would not laugh at any of the jokes, not to say that my jokes were funny. He seemed as if he didn't even want to participate in any of the activities that we were doing. And I kept thinking to myself, Sam, you got to reach him. Sam, you got to do something to, to, to make him uncomfortable. You got to say something to make him feel like he's involved. And I went through all of these things for four hours. And it looked like it was not a success. I get to the end of the training session. He walks up to me and he says, Dr. Jones, I need to speak to you just for a moment. And I said, okay. So I stopped packing my things up, and I said, what's your name? He said, my name is Larry. I said, Larry, it's great to meet you. And he says, Dr. Jones, I just want you to know that my mom dropped out of school in the seventh grade. He says, I dropped out of school in the seventh grade. And I said, okay, Larry, what's, what's up? He says, I never thought that I could learn anything. And he pauses. And he says, but today, Doc, I've been sitting in this room with you for four hours. I've been watching you do what you do. I've been watching you do leadership lessons. I've been watching you uh, tell stories, tell jokes, and have fun. I've been watching you stand before us 
and love and enjoy what you do. I said, Larry, that's right. That's what I love what I do. He said, Doc, today I realized that, man, I can learn. Today is the day that I realized that I can learn. I said, Larry, man, that is great. I gave him a high five, and I said, man, that is fantastic. I am so excited for you. And Larry paused, and his smile began to turn to a frown. You see, because Larry had some some very important words that he wanted to share with me, and it wasn't all good. And Larry says, but Dr. Jones, I need you to do me a favor. I said, Larry, man, you got it. I said, Larry said, no, doc. He said, I don't need you to just, just agree to do something. He said, I really need you to do me a favor. I said, Larry, what is it? What you got? And Larry paused and looked at me in my eyes and grabbed my hand as he was shaking my hand. He began to squeeze my hand. You see, Larry had my undivided attention. And Larry spoke to me and he said, he said, doc, here's what I need you to do. He said, I recognize that you travel all over the place. You speak, you preach, you do a lot of leadership training. There is so many people that you talk to. There are so many people that you share and that you're helping. I said, Larry, that's right. And while holding my hand and looking me in my eyes, Larry said, every time you stand before people and speak, I need you, Dr. Jones to always think about people like me. And when Larry said those words, a tear came to my eyes. And the tear came to my eyes because I was literally thinking while I'm up speaking in front of this group that maybe Larry is not getting it. I was thinking to myself that maybe Larry does not want to be in the room. I was thinking that Larry had other important things on his mind. But as Larry walked up to me and confirmed to me that, no, he was there to learn, and he reckoned Larry had a great awakening. You see, Larry was in that training session, had a great awakening because Larry dropped out of school. Larry's mom dropped out of school. You see, that training session for Larry was a great awakening because his awareness was heightened. And then not only was it heightened, he began to use his imagination. Larry began to use his imagination by even thinking that, you know what? I want to share this with Dr. Jones. I want to encourage Dr. Jones. And I don't think Larry was even thinking from that perspective. But I think Larry wanted to make it a personal mission for himself to, number one, let me know that he learned something. But number two, to be sure that I understand that I have a great responsibility. And Larry wanted me to always think about people like him with everything that I do. And so I want you to know, that's what I do. That's why I started this podcast. I started this podcast because I recognize that my awareness has been heightened by the purpose that God has put on me in my life. And God has given me a responsibility to use my imagination to share the gifts, the skills, the talents, the responsibilities with other people. And so now I recognize that I have a great mission. And the great mission for me is changing lives with words. My business is called Life Changing Presentations. And I recognize that I have a great responsibility to use words to help raise awareness to help people use their imagination 
and more importantly, to encourage them on their mission. And their mission is life. And my mission for you is to take this podcast and listen to it over and over and over so that you can constantly hear something and be reminded so that your awareness may be heightened. So look, it's been an honor for me to share this first podcast with you. Um, I'm excited because this reminds me of the great responsibility that I have. And, um, and I'm excited to continue to do this every week for you to be sharing some information to encourage you. So as I go, um, I want to create a, a brand new, a brand new uh, I want to create a routine for how I end all of my podcasts. And so what I like to do today is end my podcast and all of the podcasts that I do with this poem that I wrote for my second book. And it's in my second book called Live Life on Purpose. But the poem, it talks about one thing. And that's really all we need. We just need one thing. And so the poem goes like this. It says, one memory can wake your dream. One song from a bird can welcome spring. One handshake can lift the soul. One small accomplishment can score the goal. One vote can change a nation. And one thought can welcome patience. One candle can light a dark room. But one smile can conquer gloom. One word must start each and every prayer. And one sincere touch can show just how much you care. It takes one flower to start a garden. And it took one word of forgiveness and we were all pardoned. One word can begin a friendship. And it was one sacrifice that was the test of leadership. One is blind and one can see. Only one God to see that it's me. It takes one heart to know it's all true. And at the end of the day, it's all up to you. May this future be worthy of the purpose, the passion that you have for this thing called life. Thank you and God bless. And we look forward to seeing you on the next, hearing you on the next podcast. Thank you. And we look forward to sharing with you on the next podcast. Talk soon. You've been listening to the Turning Points Podcast with your host, Dr. Samuel Jones. If you'd like to hear more podcast episodes, please subscribe, like, comment, and tell a friend. Please leave us a review if you like the show. And if you'd like Dr. Jones to speak at your next event, please contact him at info at drsamueljones.com. Thank you.